0: This episode is brought to you by Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming provides research-based insights, in-depth case studies, and educational materials, helping game makers, developers, and publishers of all sizes to build, grow, and monetize their games. In our new report, Games Marketing Insights for 2021, we explore some of the trends that emerged in 2020 that will impact gaming in 2021. To get your free copy and to learn more about Facebook Gaming's powerful UA and monetization solutions, visit fb.gg forward slash the drum. You'll find useful educational materials including playbooks, webinars, blogs and reports alongside great video content.
1: so tim then i suppose the the question is for anybody who's listening the key question will be are these likely to be behaviors that persist after the you know quote-unquote end of the pandemic and what from the report itself you know is evidence either way to that uh
0: it's a good question christian and and natalia thank you for, for your kind words the report is you know the work of a dedicated group of people across facebook gaming and you know it was a ton of work but uh we really like to think that we can produce work that is valuable to the industry as a whole, and you know, I think this is another example of our progress in that direction. But but I appreciate you saying it's it's of value, uh, Chris. I think I think we don't know. I mean, mm. I think if you if we'd have done this, you know, this podcast in October of last year or at the end of the summer, you know, I might have confidently said yes. I think you know people who picked up the habit will probably. You know, there will be some attrition and some sort of correction, but a lot of people will, you know, play. They Mm -hmm. may play slightly less than what they're playing when when they're sort of in stay-at-home measures and so on. But with the extension of the lockdowns in most markets, you know, it's hard to say. I think probably there will be a, a more sustained group of mobile players. I think you'll see a lot more people become more dedicated and probably even shift into, uh, you know, core genres. Mm -hmm. But, you know, let's put it this way. From a business perspective, we hope that this is sustainable. (laughs) I think for all of our our clients and and the publishers and developers. Um, And I think it is, but also I think with the extended sort of uh, length of the pandemic, uh, you know, and I was listening to a podcast this morning about, you know, the surge in delivery for Uber Eats and those sorts of people, you know, I think everyone thinks there'll be a, correct, a slight correction because I think people will want, should we be able to, we'll want to sort of go back to face-to-face socialisation and so on again. So I think it'll be a, you know, a, a, I don't know the right sort of pattern to give it, but I think mm-hmm. it will correct. But I think off that correction, there'll be a bounce back to habits that were formed over the course of the last 12 months or so.
1: Nice, that's really good. And I suppose then, Natalia, the question is, are brands in a good position at the moment to take advantage of that, you know, the persisting trends that have emerged? You know, we think about the big gaming partnerships, whether it's, you know, Mercedes with Mario Kart or all the brands that have launched within Animal Crossing as kind of these these big temple brand partnerships. But for smaller and sort of slightly more niche brands, is there still an opportunity to reach these these kind of these gaming audiences, who, as we mentioned, are very lucrative.
2: Absolutely, gaming has etched itself into the routine of people during the pandemic times, and the trend is likely to stand. and um, I think that one of the challenges would be um, retention, but you know, since the habit has been formed, I think that um, the new gamers will keep on playing, and that's a massive opportunity for. Uh, Advertisers and for brands, especially as we're in the middle of the second or the third lockdown Mm -hmm. where we don't have any social events. We cannot spend on digital out of home or on out of home. Um, Again, like any uh, trade shows or industry events, we're just uh, deprived of all of it now. And that's the perfect time to give it a try uh to test this audience and i'm sure and i know because that's what we see from our returning clients that i mean like brand clients that most of them will say yes and will come back uh not only for mobile gamers but pc and console as well
1: and tim i wondered if we could dig slightly deeper into kind of the global opportunity here you mentioned uh, korea earlier as being a slight outlier i wondered if you could maybe dig into some of those geographic stats and the differences
0: yeah, I mean Korea just was slightly surprising because Korea looked a lot more like the profile that we expected which was you know the, the new cohort of players skewed older uh, and more uh, with a propensity to play more sort of casual genres. Um, and I you know I I'm not an expert and you know my colleagues in in APAC know that area of the business a lot better than I do but I my suspicion is that gaming culture in Some of the asian markets and and markets like korea you know is the that sort of mobile gaming penetration is already much deeper than Mm. in a lot of other markets and so it's it's almost the same trend but it's an inverse trend because the market is inverse to everywhere elsewhere in the uk you know you tend to have mobile players being more casual and you know then suddenly less sort of casual more core players gravitated to mobile And I suspect, and I don't have any evidence to back this up, this is pure gut, you know, in a very mobile advanced market like Korea, you have a good penetration of mobile gamers and then people who hadn't previously, older cohort who hadn't previously played were attracted to it because of the the, the situation of being, you know, in some form of lockdown. Mm. We do have in the report, and, you know, at the risk of having the sound of me flipping through pages, (laughs) there is... Yeah, I think genre is an interesting element of it. And actually just coming back to what Natalia was saying earlier about the opportunity for brands and I think even your question earlier, Chris, about what this means for marketers and whether or not this new cohort will continue to play. um, I think that is in a way very much dependent on how games developers and marketers behave over the next little while. You know, we know that there's a lot of change happening in the business this year. Not only do we have COVID, all these new players, we have the sort of the changing privacy ecosystem that's taking place. Um, And people are sort of, it's up to, I think it's gonna be very much up to developers and advertisers to very much to Natalia's point to recognize that the diversity of the playing audience is far more extensive than perhaps the knee jerk marketing would react to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe at then at this point, just a slight diversion, it's almost worth explaining the opportunities for advertising because we have, you know, in-game advertising on consoles, we have in-app advertising, which is obviously a huge uh, um, area of growth for a lot of marketers as well. So what then are some of those real marketing opportunities we've seen? You know, is it sponsorship within game? Is it kind of having those in-game advertising? Is it having, as you mentioned, targeted creative within apps? where would you say some of the biggest opportunities lie that marketers should be aware of?
0: Well, I think certainly for mobile, I, I, I think there is, you know, there's a big cohort of mobile developers who, you know, particularly in Europe, as opposed to some of the other markets, who, you know, in the casual end of the sort of the genre spectrum, uh, operate on an in-app advertising model. So, you know, free product and then ads, rewarded ads that get you level ups or... Power ups, you know, you name it, skip a level, mm. etc. And in-app advertising is very powerful. What we found again in this new cohort, but also generally we find across most mobile gamers, is that they are okay with these ads. You know, there's a <laughs> there's a general thinking that people are like, oh, people hate ads, no one wants to see ads. But if the ads are good and there's a genuine value exchange, which is why things like rewarded video and, and sort of that value exchange in an ad, uh, people are okay with it. You know, I'm always of the opinion that there is a responsibility on advertisers to make the creative good. If you're going to have someone sit through an ad, the creative has to be, you know, thoughtful. And we do see, again, in the report, the research came back and said, what people want to see is actual gameplay, which is fine. That doesn't limit your creativity. I think, you know, there's an expectation that games advertisers can make amazing ads because they have the IP at their fingertips. And I think that's true. But I also think that there is an opportunity for more diverse ads that are suited to the, you know, like Natalia said, the, the, the huge variety of who gamers are and why gamers play.
1: See, I think that's really interesting. And I think that, Natalia, you can probably expand on that then. Is there almost best practice for reaching gaming audiences in a way that, you know, separates them from audiences and other mediums. You know, you can't just take a video ad that would have worked on a different platform and you know, stick it next to a game. What really works well for, for game advertising?
2: Uh, definitely, that's a very interesting discussion in terms of advertising the possibilities that gaming uh, gives to advertisers and the technological advancements that also enable advertisers to take advantage of the um, ecosystem. And I'm really happy to hear that gamers are finally happy with ad-supported models since mm-hmm. it makes sense for a long time in mobile and more and more PC and console uh, gamers and uh, publishers are also ready to give this model a try. Um, in terms of the creative, that's um, that's a tricky question. 1st um uh, I should say that gaming gives vast opportunities in terms of creativity, and everything is possible. Uh, like gaming as an ecosystem is marketers' dream, since whatever is not possible in other uh, channels mm. uh, can like can be uh, tested in uh, gaming. Um, And the example will be just a billboard in the game. Yeah. If you, you know, wanted to spend um, hundreds of thousands uh, for billboards uh, in real life and you can't, you can give it a try in gaming. Yeah. The same applies to video or any other creatives. And then if we are talking about personalized ads and if we are talking about um, customized interactive ads, then brands have uh, really. Like vast uh, opportunities in terms of uh, the way they can communicate with gamers, and gamers are ready for it. Um, yeah.
1: Oh no, I was just going to say, yeah, absolutely. I, I remember it was only a couple of years ago that we had sort of in-game ads within even you know one of the AAA titles like Street Fighter V, and at the time people right. there was a backlash because people felt it was implemented badly. But now people have really come back around on it and sort of said, well, you know what? Actually, the ad-supported model works you know well elsewhere let's give it a go in gaming and there has been a really positive response
2: true yeah that's true and now the industry is ready for it and by the industry i mean both advertisers game developers and gamers themselves At Anzu, we put gamers first and as a marketer i have uh, numerous discussions with gamers and ask them What kind of advertising you're comfortable with what kind of ads you would want to see and 95 percent of them confirmed that they are totally fine with ads that are part of the gaming environment that uh, that fit natural uh or just sit naturally in the game and you know just enhance the uh, realism of the game and uh, tim is right when he says that advertisers are responsible for the Uh, creative site and I also think that publishers uh, need to share this responsibility in terms of accepting or not accepting or giving the uh gamer audience to advertisers so that they can like take the right decisions in terms of you know what to give it try what not to give it try in terms of specific games specific gamer and we talk about personalized ads and the gaming experience uh in general um the creative point is uh, very interesting since at the moment um the advertising industry is not uh ready yet to like to accept that they need to develop specific creative for in-game advertising mm. or in-game space. And that's a kind of issue since uh, I see a lot of um, cases when advertisers come with uh, social media creative or um, any other digital advertising creative, and there is too much tax, the tax is too small, or there is a call to action that is not too, uh, like um, super suitable for gaming spaces. Mm. and. You know still uh there is a bit of work to be done in terms of um just defining the creative guidelines for the gaming ecosystem so that ads are even more naturally like fit the gaming space